This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. It's a march on Washington, the first one ever, and some of the marchers have stolen a freight train near Butte, Montana. April 25th, 1894. The Butte contingent of Coxey's army is sailing toward the national capital over the Northern Pacific Railroad at the rate of 40 miles an hour, the Chronicle reports. So who was Coxey? And why did he have an army? And why were they marching on Washington? They were an army of the unemployed. There was a depression on, the Panic of 1893. Jake Coxey owned a farm and a quarry in Massillon, Ohio. He'd previously worked for years in the iron mills, so he knew the economy from the point of view of worker, owner, and farmer. And he thought he had the answer to the country's economic woes. He wanted the federal government to embark on a program of public works, mostly in the form of building roads. And he wanted Washington to finance this program by issuing $500 million in paper money, backed by government bonds. That's about $14.5 billion today. He was really into paper money. His son was named Legal Tender Coxie. His idea was to put the masses of unemployed to work, improve the nation's infrastructure, and pump money into the faltering economy. It was pretty much the New Deal, 40 years before the New Deal. Coxie had another idea that was novel for the time, that the way to get things done wasn't to get elected to Congress, but to go to Congress, the one that's serving now, and demand action. Thus, the march. Coxie started with 100 men in Massillon and headed east. Other groups formed in other parts of the country, and they too started for Washington. And in one case, they did it by stealing a freight train in Butte, Montana. That group, mostly unemployed railroad workers, was led by a guy named William Hogan. They had a lot of local support. The marshal wanted to chase them down, but he couldn't get any deputies to go with him at first. The next day, the marshals were organized enough to catch up with the train at Billings. The Hogan contingent was 600 strong, riding on 16 freight cars. Westbound passenger trains had pulled off the tracks for hours at a time to avoid a collision. Now, there was a confrontation. The marshals tried to capture the engine. Here's the Chronicle report. The engineer, though under cover of rifles, refused to leave the cab when, bang! Ten or a dozen times went the rifles. The Coxieites charged the marshals and disarmed them. The deputies retreated, firing their pistols. They hit a couple of marchers, but no one was killed. The deputies were lucky to avoid a violent death, the dispatch said. The people of Billings lavished the marchers with food and supplies. Hogan's men commandeered a fresh engine and headed east. The next day, they were stopped for the night at Forsyth, Montana, when an infantry force of 250 surprised them as they slept. The marchers were captured without a fight. The leaders were arrested, 
and everybody else was set free. And the rest of Coxey's army continued its march on Washington. But the long march, most of it an actual march, not a 40-mile-an-hour ride on a stolen train, well, the march took its toll. People faded away. Coxey reached Washington at the end of April. He was arrested for walking on the grass at the Capitol building, and that was pretty much that. Coxey organized another march in 1914. He wasn't arrested that time. He gave a speech on the Capitol steps. He had a long career of running for the House and Senate, losing every time, but he was elected mayor of Massillon in 1931. He died in 1951 at the age of 97. Coxey's army inspired the saying, enough food to feed Coxey's army, which I've never heard. I took a little survey of more than a dozen people I know, many of them writers and editors, some of them quite a bit older than me, and none of them had ever heard of it either, but it used to be a saying. It means way more food than you're going to need, because Coxey's army was small by the time it reached D.C. There's a school of thought that Coxey's army, with its long march to the capital city to confront the powers that be, inspired a novel that was published six years later. It was called The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Not Your Century is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this show, we'd love it if you'd give it a rating and a review. For great journalism today, consider subscribing to the San Francisco Chronicle, which you can do in both paper and digital form by going to sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Historical research by Libby Coleman. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your century.